This podcast is a production of the Johns Hopkins University Press. To learn more, please visit press.jhu.edu slash journals. Thank you for tuning in to this Johns Hopkins University Press podcast. My name is Brian Shea, and I am the Public Relations and Advertising Coordinator in the Journals Division. ASAP Journal, a new journal from the Association for the Study of the Arts of the Present, debuted with the JHU Press earlier this year. The journal promotes intellectual exchange between artists and critics across the arts and humanities. Editors Amy Elias and Jonathan Eburn joined us to talk about this exciting new venture. Thank you for joining me, Jonathan and Amy. Jonathan, tell me, how good does it feel to have this first issue out? It feels fantastic, Brian. I'm really proud of the work we did, and especially Amy, of course, on this inaugural issue. It feels better even that we have number two, issue number two currently in production. And so we get to now turn our sights to issue number three, which is an open topic issue. So it feels great. The journal, ASP Journal, has been an ambition of the Association for the Study of the Arts of the Present, what, since its inception mm-hmm. uh, in 2007. When Amy hosted the first ASCP conference in 2009, uh, she had already begun uh, holding conversations about having a journal which would galvanize the association and represent its mission to bring together the work of scholars and artists around the world and would open up a conversation across artistic mediums and disciplines. So that's what visual art, poetry and fiction, theater and performance, music and sound, uh, as well as new media. Uh, we started collaborating, what, a little over three years ago, and so this is the fruit of that, all those conversations and all that collaboration. Now, Amy, tell me, the, getting into those collaborations, what led to develop the, the theme for the initial issue, discussing uh, art and the commons? How did, how did you settle on that for the first one? Well, my own current research is on art and dialogue, and so I've, and I've published a little bit on Theories of the Commons, so I'm personally interested in the topic. But um, more importantly, it became apparent to me and to Jonathan when thinking about the launch issue of ASAP Journal that we should think again about the mission of ASAP itself and, and how that mission could be best represented in the journal's initial volume. So when working on developing ASAP and working with Jonathan, and, oh, my goodness, other terrific people who have contributed, like, so much to the organization since 2007, um, I really came to appreciate the association's mission statement more and more, both for the, the problems that the mission statement diagnosed as well as for some of the solutions that it posed to those problems. So, for instance, um, ASAP has always wanted to combat the fracturing of scholarship in the contemporary arts into what we often you know, see today, which is this plethora of subgroups and in-groups and institutionalized and sometimes very territorial subfields and specializations that don't talk much to each other. Um, and so ASAP's mission from the start has been to get different arts fields as well as critics and arts practitioners to like talk to one another again productively. And we wanted a society for the study of the international contemporary arts where scholars and artists from like a range of disciplines could come together and spark 
creative and productive interchanges that would lead to these new and creative scholarship and dialogues, right? And so as ASAP's mission statement notes, we wanted to serve as an intellectual home for scholars working on the post-1960s arts. And we wanted this home to be democratic, we wanted it to be open, and we wanted it to be hospitable, and as well as creative and intellectually rigorous and all the mm. other things you want from a scholarly association. So essentially, we wanted to create, from the start, a new intellectual commons. And so it seemed logical, and I think even poetic, that the first issue of the journal was about you know, art and the commons. And then, Jonathan, where do you go from here? You mentioned issue two is in production and, and issue three is on the horizon. What what other things do you guys have planned for themed issues or, or special content that people can look forward to as the journal really gets uh, the ball rolling? Well, that's great. And if, as Amy said, the uh, if the first issue is a kind of poetic reflection of our own process, I would say that the second issue on experimentalism is, is that as well. We, mm-hmm. we, we've taken a number of... Uh, chances <laughs> in, in in founding this 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 ambitious project. So, the, the second issue, which I co-edited with Judith Roof at Rice University, uh, reflects that portion of it. Beyond beyond that, we, in keeping with the democratic mission, as Amy mentioned, we have two open topic issues that have terrific work in them uh, from a variety of positions, uh, as well as interviews with the artist Wangechi uh, Mutu. The artist Fred Wilson. Uh, as far as guest edited or special issues, we have two coming up in 2017 that are on the slate. Uh, one is a special issue on queer form, which we thought was a very exciting proposal. Uh, so that's currently in the process of gathering essays. Uh, and the second one coming up in 2017 is an, is an issue on site specificity, uh, which is an interesting topic to think about beyond any one particular artistic medium. So that's that's where we are on the horizon right now, in the immediate horizon anyway. At the same time, we've been working on developing an online platform for the journal. The point of that would be to publish open access material that would include book reviews, exhibition reviews, performance reviews on one hand, as well as something that a print-alone journal can't do, which is to have a gallery space, right. um, as well as other features. And this will allow us to incorporate critical and artistic work in media other than the ones that can be incorporated into a print periodical. So, so that's been in development for the past year or so, and we're getting that ready as we go. So that's, there's a lot going on. That's very exciting. That's great. Amy, the, being this a new journal and then there's no real history to speak of at this point, what advice would you give to people who are wondering if their, their work is right for a, a, the ASAP journal? What, what kind of things can people expect to, to need to do to get into the journal? In addition to all the things that journal editors always remind people about, right. <laughs> you know, like they were looking for new and fresh work, that we want work that reflects rigorous thought, thorough scholarship, that we don't like jargon, you know, in addition to all of that stuff, um, I remind people that the journal has a unique audience, that they need to think about how to address this audience effectively, creatively, and well. And what I mean by that is the audience for the journal is interdisciplinary as well as international, and it includes both scholars and artists. So what holds all these interests together is a focus on the post-1960s arts. So if someone is thinking of submitting work to the journal, I'd ask them to think about how that work speaks to an audience that moves across these boundaries 
across discourses in these kinds of ways. What can you say about a work of art um, or a debate in aesthetics or a theory of production or a style or a historical account? You know, what can you say about these things that contributes to a conversation in this intellectual commons that you're entering? What language do you need to use to communicate effectively across disciplinary boundaries and borders? What kinds of subjects, you know, might create common ground for debate between scholars from different fields? I think that if um, contributors think of their audiences in terms of these kinds of questions, they'll produce different and broader and perhaps more nuanced work, um, especially better work than it might have been spoken to only, given to only a small minority of people in a specialized field. So, so I guess the short form of my answer to your question would be, Think about the audience of ASAP Journal and how you would address it effectively. I, looking at the, the list of people who are involved with the journals, you mentioned people knowing the audience, and it's obvious the audience is already strongly international. You have associate editors from uh, Hong Kong, the UK, Canada, in addition to the United States. How nice is that to know you have such a wide base of support already going into your first issue? It's very nice, and it's, it remains. It remains all the same. Uh, uh, an exciting challenge too to continue to speak to all those different places and types of work and fields. And I, I think that one of the factors most in mind with this is not that our work needs to speak to a general audience in the sense that it's sort of lukewarm right. bathwater, but that that, that anybody's particular field of, of interest or their expertise is being taught to an audience that can, contains all these multitudes. And I think that's a big difference. Um, so we, we have international uh, members of the association. We have international symposia uh, that we've held in a number of, a number of countries, including uh, China, we're having one in Estonia in the fall. And this allows us to continuously recirculate the particular people that we deal with in our in our travels, and that, that that keeps that possibility constantly refreshed, so that we don't say, "Great, we got it. We got three people from different countries. Now we're international. We're done." <laughs> right, and I, I agree with that. And I I think I've it, it sort of dovetails with the next um, kind of idea that I, I wanted to mention, which is that I I've learned somewhat paradoxically to respect disciplinary expertise as I and Jonathan promote and engage interdisciplinary dialogue, that is having an international audience um, and contributors means that you're talking with practitioners and scholars, sometimes from very different perspectives than your own. And since it's interdisciplinary as well as international, you're talking with people who have studied different fields than you have. And it shows you where the line is between your own expertise and we're an amateurism or even dilettantism. And so I, I found the international aspect has made me more aware of my location. Mm-hmm. And um, the, uh, the internationalism has also broadened the reach of the artists and scholars that we can contact and who can talk, we can talk with. Um, and that has, that has really been productive in terms of both this, my own personal scholarship, but also I think the, the, yeastiness and the, the vitality of the organization itself. What else have you two learned in, in this massive undertaking of starting a journal in this day and age? 
as Amy already suggested, I've, I've myself, I've learned an awful lot about the limits of my own expertise. <laughs> but that's something that I really welcome. It's what I find the most exciting about an intellectual career, about the arts, is precisely to know, to learn things that confront things that we don't already know, uh, which which provoke us into creativity. More concretely, I've come to appreciate the the kinds of scholars and artists that Amy mentioned, who can say important and even detailed technically uh, and sophisticated things, but who can do so in a way that solicits the intellectual curiosity of people who don't do what they do. Mm -hmm. And I've had the the great pleasure of of getting to speak with and communicate with a number of artists who are really, really challenged and my disbelief in the idea of genius. I used to think that there was no such thing as a genius. And now there are people I talk to who are luminous in the way that they speak to you. And getting to have that chance to talk to people that way, just to hear the way that their minds work, really gives me has given me a great uh, appreciation of, of not just genius, but of, of what we can do in scholarship to find people that way, to, to, to reach out to people beyond the confines of our own immediate sensibilities. Yeah, I mean, there are some wonderful, fascinating, creative people working in the contemporary arts fields, and they are incredibly generous with their time and their ideas. It's, give, it's given me personally hope <laughs> in, the, in the profession. For uh, you know, if, if that's one of the things I've learned. Um, but um, but it's also you know, it's open communications for us with artists and scholars all over the world, and learning how wide as well as how wonderful this pool of people is, you know, how diverse the contemporary arts really are. I mean, we've, we've done things from graffiti art to sound art to bio art to electronic poetry. I mean, there's this huge range of fascinating things going on out there. And it's just phenomenally revelatory and energizing to be in contact with that. Um, so, you know, it, it's um, while at the same time, I'm aware, increasingly aware of, uh, disciplinary, critical shibboleths and assumptions uh, by talking with these practicing artists and critics who, who call me on my jargon um, as well as outdated ideas that I might have or just silly ideas I might have. Um, so this generosity of exchange has just been in- incredible. Um, I'd also add that Jonathan, I hope I don't embarrass you by saying this, but I also learned that I really, really like working with Jonathan Eber. <laughs> I, I, I concur completely. We've, we've had a... I like working with Jonathan Eber and also... Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Amy is a, is a, a powerhouse of energy and uh, is, is a terrific uh, visionary and has thought of, you know, been part of ACP from the very start. This was her brainchild, the whole thing. And so it's really been an honor to be be able to work together with her in this way so we're, 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 we're going to say you're a really nice guy but we've also been meeting, we've been meeting weekly literally for the past three years um this has been in development for three years and um when you work that closely and that long with someone and you're not only friends afterwards but you still share the vision and you still share an energy i think that bodes really well for the journal in the future well, I think we're all excited here. We're very proud to have ASAP Journal as part of our collection, and we wish uh, the both of you all the best as you move forward beyond issue one into many more successful issues, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, us. Brian. It's a pleasure to work with you and with Johns Hopkins. It's, Absolutely. It's a wonderful support from the, from the press. 
Thank you for listening to this Johns Hopkins University Press podcast. Please visit press.jhu.edu slash journals for more information.